0: Hi there, I'm Rachel Morris with episode three of You Are Not a Frog. Your passions may not be what you think they are. Welcome to You Are Not a Frog, the podcast for GPs, doctors, and other busy people who want to thrive rather than just survive. Now, working as a doctor is as demanding as it is rewarding, and navigating the high stress culture at work leaves many of us feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. You may feel like a frog in boiling water. Things have heated up so slowly that you didn't notice the extra long days becoming the norm. You may feel trapped and that you have no control over what is happening. Let's face it, frogs generally only have two choices, stay and be boils alive or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog and that's where this podcast comes in. You have many more choices than you think you do. There are simple changes that you can make which will make a huge difference to your stress levels and help you enjoy life again. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Morris, GP turned Executive Coach and Specialist in Resilience at Work. I'll be talking to friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this so that together we can take back control to survive and really thrive in our work and lives. In this episode, I speak with Dr. Serena Chibber. She's had a really diverse career and we talk about how she got started, how she chose her career and how sometimes you just can't plan where you're going to end up. And the reason I think this is so interesting is that I think it's very, very important in our careers, we diversify, we do different things to keep up our interest. So here we talk a little bit about how we do that. So it's great to have with me here on the podcast today, Dr. Serena Chibber. She's the co-founder of mylocummanager.com. She's also a Red Whale GP Update presenter and a portfolio GP. So welcome, Serena.
1: Thank you. It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me, Rachel.
0: Thank you for coming on the podcast. Now, I met Serena through the work that we do with Red Whale. And we've gone on to do little bits of work together, haven't we, Serena? And I think Serena's a really interesting person. That's why I've invited her on the podcast today, because not only has Serena founded mylocummanager.com, but she also has an incredibly diverse career, all whilst working as a portfolio GP. And I thought there was quite a lot that might be quite interesting for the listeners around how you started, how you diversified, and actually what you have found is really, really helpful for GPs in terms of little tips and hints for resilience and doing things a little bit smarter, a little bit quicker, automating things a little bit more. So can I start, Serena, by asking Mm -hmm. you about My Local Manager? You started that about three years ago, is that right?
1: Yeah, coming up to three years ago. So what led to that?
0: Why did you start My Local Manager?
1: It was actually a couple of different things that happened in the course of my life. So I was an ST3 And I had my daughter as a registrar and I had a year out of exams, like no AKT revision, no doing my CSA. And it was the first break I'd had since my GCSEs actually from revision or work or any kind of career based thing. And I had a great maternity leave with her and it really opened up my eyes to having this little thing that, you know, was my little companion and really spending time with her and I when I was going back to finish my GP training and then on to start work it really made me question like if I'm going to be working I really need to be loving where I'm going if I'm leaving behind this little bundle that I love so much and I was in this phase in my training where I enjoyed general practice but I didn't love it and I didn't really know where I fitted in in terms of a career so when I finished training I was saying to my program director, they were like, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I've had this year off and I'm interested in all these different things. And I want flexibility because I want to be a mum, I want to be there like as much as possible. And I just enjoy so many different things. So how can I make a varied career? And they said, that's a really good question. Go and do it and then come back and do a talk for us. (laughs) So I went off and I just really started to explore things. But at the center of it was this child and now I have two children but really creating things with work that I love doing so that when I left her I'd be enjoying what I was doing to come back and be like re-energized and so how my locum manager came about was because I finished and I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to locum locally for a bit and find my feet and I'm going to explore portfolio roles and I found that actually you know finding work as a locum is really super easy. And actually, there's loads of ways you can do it. But most of us just like knocking on a few local surgeries that are close to our house or close to our children's nurseries and just saying, here's my CV, you know, I'd love to do a few sessions. And it just builds up from there. And that's essentially what I did. What I found the biggest pain point really was managing the financial side of working for yourself. Because We don't, as GPs, have any training in how to generate an invoice, what you should do with your pension, what expenses you should be claiming, where to store your receipts. I had no way of getting up-to-date information on should I stay in the pension scheme, should I set up as a limited company, and the quality, like the quality of learning. So. When I finished training, like in training, I'd had access to lots of educational opportunities. And when I finished training, I found especially working as a sessional GP, you kind of end up going to these free drug rep kind of things, but not really knowing what's the most up-to-date guidance. And then I was introduced to Redwell GP Update and I went on some of their courses and became like a super fan. And you know, I talked to them about what I was doing with my local manager because by then i just started creating the site and getting it going. And we partnered up to help support Sessional GPs with their education. And I also came on as a Redwell presenter. So it started out of that, really, out of having a baby and then wanting flexibility and really wanting a way to empower and automate my finances.
0: Wow. So you went from having a baby and thinking, if I'm going to leave this gorgeous baby, I need to go and do what I actually love in order to leave her. How did you go from that to starting your own website? Because to me, that's a massive Yeah,
1: leap. it is. It is a massive leap. So the way it started was I started working as a GP and there wasn't really a really easy to use streamlined system out there. There was lots of different options, clunky things, and you could use Excel and all these other things, but there was nothing that really I could do while making the kids pasta or I could get everything in one place so I just kind of was using I think I was using Excel or something to put stuff together and then I had my second child a year later and everyone who's self-employed knows when you first start working you don't pay your taxes until almost a year and a half later so mm-hmm. I'd been earning this money and then I was on mat leave and my accountant called me and said oh Serena your first tax bill's due in a few months and I was like okay great and he told me how much it was and I was like oh I've actually spent all that money. And then he Oops. said, and he's like, well, you know, you got to pay it in January. And I was like, okay, can I like call the HMRC and give them an IOU or what can I do? And he was like, no, no, you you've got to pay. There's no way out of that. What about all your expenses? What about your mileage? Where are your receipts? Where's a summary of your pension contributions and all this stuff? And I was just like, I don't have that to hand. So then ensued two months of me and my poor husband going down like, Through the change bag for receipt, through my handbag, going through my bank statements, calculating all the bits of work that I'd done. Because it wasn't just locum work, I was also doing portfolio work as well. So I had to get all that data together. And it was really stressful. And my husband actually turned around and said, you need something really easy that you're actually going to use and that's going to be just Serena proof and it will do everything (laughs) in one system and so he's really techie and he's always had a passion for technology and stuff so we kind of just did it together and you know if I'm honest I thought I'd use it a couple of mates would use it and I never knew I never thought it would grow into this national platform which it did it happened as a result of bumbling through a bit not really having any financial knowledge or empowerment over how to work and how to manage your money. And also for GPs like me that just like building their bank of practices and having that relationship, but also want to do other roles, which you invoice for and, you know, portfolio roles where you're self-employed or, you know, you're doing ad hoc work. It just ended up being like the perfect system.
0: So, I'm really interested in the fact that you started off with a need and then yeah. you responded to a need and now you've got this sort of national site that's absolutely brilliant, but it really seems to be quite a passion of yours. If someone had asked you, of so, 10 years ago, would Locum site with lots of sort of financial tools <laughs> and help the organisers, would you be passionate about that? What would you have said to them?
1: Yeah, I would have been like, uh, I don't really know about managing my money and I don't really know about all this stuff. So yeah, I would have been really surprised. I think what's happened With me over the last few years, is since I finished GP training, I realized there's a massive cliff edge. Like when you finish training to however you want to work, there's a gap of support, of knowledge, of finding an accountant, of understanding how to manage your money. And at the center of that are all these GPs that are just like they're working hard and they're doing lots of different roles, but Obviously with that money that you earn, it ends up being the center point of whether you're gonna buy a house or paying your mortgage or how much you're gonna work or you know, it really is like the income that you generate ends up being a blueprint for your work life balance. Because if you don't have enough, you are gonna have to work more. And if you're not optimizing what you've earned and you're not efficient with your tax, etc., you're gonna still end up adding more hours and that's gonna affect be it the time you have with your children or the time you have to do other stuff you enjoy. So it was that that became my passion, like having something that is really easy to utilise but would do all of that for us. Because as GPs, we can't be expected to be accountants and we can't be expected to be financial advisors. But if you've got a system in place that's going to collate all that for you in a really easy way so that you'll do it, you know, that you can snap and store your receipts when you're in the cab, that you don't have to worry about having to add it on later, that all your other bits are all centralised in one point without you having to think about it. It just makes the other stuff that you do, it gives you more time back as well to do all those other things. So, it started with my own need and it turned out that other people had the same need, really. Mm. So, yeah. rather
0: than you being passionate necessarily about building a website and about technology, mm. actually, you're passionate about how we can make things easy for ourselves to maintain a really good work-life balance. Yeah. To be able to do the and things think- that we love to do.
1: Yeah. And just getting a bit more empowered, really, like where to go to get empowered about not just your income, but your work life, really, like how to optimize what's coming in and streamline it. So I think that's my real passion. The technology has just been an outlet for that, if you like.
0: And is there anything that you think that GPs are still struggling with out there that actually your website has made very streamlined, made it a lot easier with so are there problems that GPs are battling with actually they needn't battle with?
1: Yeah, I think there's a few things and I think it's across the board actually, regardless of whether you're locoming or you're a salary GP or partner. Like we have a lot of salary GPs and partners using MyLocum Manager as well. And also a lot of portfolio GPs. And I think a few common themes were just simple things like they can Call or WhatsApp us if they've got a question. And those questions have varied from Can you recommend a good accountant? Because I'm trying to buy a house and this other accountant I've found doesn't understand this, that, and the other. To Oh my God, it's my first day as a locum tomorrow and I just wanted to get some advice about (laughs) what to do. (laughs) So it's really varied. So I think that support, the GP to GP, peer to peer support, and just being able to ask someone and have a little community there that you can touch base with has been really valued and I think the other point is time as GPs like no matter what role you're in we're all really pressured for time and having a way that takes away that administration because you have to do your tax return every year the HMRC doesn't let you off just because you've had a really busy time in clinic so all of these things are compulsory things you need to do and having software like my local manager that will do all that for you so that all you have to do at the end of the year is press a button and send it to your accountant has saved a lot of GPs a lot of time and stress. And I think they've just really valued that because it's one less pressure.
0: So it's really sort of collection storage system and make things a lot more streamlined. And Mm. are there any other particular problems that GPs come to you with that you think actually technology could sort out pretty quickly?
1: There's actually quite a few things. I'm going to try and think of like the top ones that They talk about. So, I think accessing up to date financial knowledge was one. So, we started off with regular webinars, and our members often will email us and say, Oh, you know, that was great. Can you also do one on this? You know, I don't know whether I should be a sole trader or a limited company, or could you talk about tax tips because I don't really know if I'm optimizing my tax. And then quite a few GPs messaged and said, look, I'm just really not enjoying work at the moment. I am just feeling really stressed. And that's when you and I, we did our stress and burnout webinar, which mm. ended up being hugely popular. So yeah, there's a lot of things. And I think technology can take very different forms to support. So you can have it as a software that would automate all your administration, or you can have it as a webinar platform where busy GPs who've been working all day, they don't have to physically go to a course. They can just sit at home, with a glass of something and just relax and get updated or as we did when we did our webinar you know we had lots of GPs sharing their stress and burnout stories and their advice so Mm. I think there's quite a few different aspects of general practice it can be anything from managing your money to your day-to-day like how do you reduce your day-to-day stress that you can support
0: yeah, certainly. I talk about uh, this sort of stress list that I keep, uh, sort mm. of a, a pad with a list on it. That if there's things that are just niggling at me, that I think, oh, I've got to sort that out. I pension or this, and often it's these mm. financial things that we just have had no training in, have we? Yeah. Qualifying, that's it. Often you go to be a GP, but you know it's so complicated around pension and mm. tax and, and all those different things. I, I think one of the things I try and do is just outsource as much stuff as possible. So <laughs> accountant is probably one of the best things you can do would you agree are you constantly stressed and thinking about work does your laptop come with you on holiday your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do it's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just 27 pounds and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com/get your life back.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the accountants that we've partnered with are really like, they're specialist medical accountants. They know GPs inside out and they will take away quite a few pain points that the stuff you're talking about, it's just about getting the right advice for those things. Because like you, I have a very long stress list sometimes of all these other things that I've got to do. Appraisal, you know, all of us have got like our appraisal to-do list. Mm. And we always have got to do this, got to do that. So, I think there's so many things that build up over time for our day to day just to be able to work that you've got to do that having some systems in place that will just automate it for you. You know, it could be My Local Manager, it could be having a subscription to Redwell to get all your courses like done in a certain batch, whatever it is, can really streamline your life a bit better
0: and give you that extra time when you're Mm. rather than having to chase up this that and the other and sort your finances out constantly you know that little bit of technology that can keep you up to date with stuff is really invaluable isn't
1: it yeah and I think it's staying up to date with all the changes that happen I mean the last two years we've had an unprecedented amount of changes in our pension scheme the way we work IR35 has come in Locums that set up as limited companies, you know, have been affected by that. So there's so many changes that have happened that actually, you know, one thing I'm really proud of is being able to be a central point of knowledge to share all those updates with our members and with actually any GPs that wish to take part in them. So that they know what's going on and they can make very informed decisions because as GPs we don't really get a financial education and then we're asked to make these decisions and changes to our life or our pension contributions and things which we don't really understand what the true impact of that's going to be. And often I think we miss out both financially and also personally from not having the right information to make an informed decision.
0: So, Serena, I'm interested, if I could just take you back to this sort of diversification that you did in your Mm -hmm. career, thinking, you know, it's got to really, really count. Mm -hmm. What other skills are you using now, running the website and doing the Red Whale stuff that you Mm -hmm. don't necessarily use in your day-to-day practice as a GP?
1: Oh my gosh, so many things. I think the biggest thing I've probably learned about diversifying outside of the patient setting is just how many skills you can develop and how they can actually really improve your work as a GP or as a person. So just as an example, kind of organizing, say, webinars, you know, when you and I did our one, for example... So that involved a number of steps, identifying what the problems were, you know, that GPs were repeatedly saying, oh, I'm feeling really stressed out about this. This is really affecting my confidence at work. You know, I'm really not enjoying being a GP. Mm -hmm. And rather than saying to everybody, well, leave, go to Australia, like you and I really sat down and thought, okay, look, these common themes keep coming up. Maybe we could talk about these key steps to help people that when they watch it they'll go away with some take-home points and they can make some tweaks in their day that's going to give them back a few hours every day which they can then spend doing something else or something that they love and analyzing data and feedback and really then getting the opportunity to be very creative like how are we going to address these problems
0: so Serena tell me you've diversified out into doing this website into doing red whale presenting how has this affected your gp job day to day
1: i think overall it's benefited my gp job because of a number of reasons i'm a lot happier i've got a lot more balance in my life but really because i've just got a lot more skills to bring to the table now and the kind of work i do although you know i see patients for a number of sessions every week the other stuff i do kind of helps with services in primary care that will benefit patients and benefit other GPs and reduce the stress of GPs and help them work better and the educational stuff I do kind of helps not just my own education and making sure that I'm up to date when I'm seeing my patients but helps me up to date my colleagues in you know very fun and entertaining way but an accessible way so the way I view my career is yes I see patients for a certain number of days in the week and the rest of the week is made up of these very different career roles which need very different skills from business skills to communication skills to like, you know, when we do the Red Whale courses, like, you know, reading up, researching, processing all the trials and the data, and then delivering that in a way that our GP colleagues can understand. And then also like, you know, developing skills to stand up in front of two, three, 400 GPs at a time and talk and present. All of those are very, very different skills. And I think they really helped me and my own confidence and understanding all these other skills that I didn't really know that I had or I didn't really ever know that I could do and they've made my life really very exciting but very interesting and just really enjoyable if I'm honest with you.
0: I think that was one of the things that I was quite surprised at. When I did my career change, I thought that sort of I didn't have any other transferable skills apart from seeing patients and doing a bit of teaching. I didn't mm. realise that there, actually, as a doctor and as a GP, there are all sorts of things that we can do, but we haven't sort of flexed those muscles recently. We haven't tried that out. Were you surprised at the fact that you had those skills there or did they need developing?
1: I was I think some skills I had naturally and I just needed the confidence and the experience to build on them and others I developed and I think the nice thing now for GPs is there's so many courses there's leadership courses available there's training courses available in lots of different areas of the NHS where you can get that training to deliver or to develop the roles that you want to it's just about knowing where to find them and actually taking the time out to do them like for example i you know NHS England had a number of leadership courses and masters that, you know, people could do in different areas that I would never have really thought about doing, to be honest with you. But I think if you got the interest there, like I had, I had a number of different interests. Some of the things I developed through experience and through practice and others I developed through going on courses or getting a mentor or taking part in some learning program to really help me develop those skills to get better at them. So, is there anything
0: you wish you'd known when you were starting out on this different career?
1: Yeah, I think now it probably is a lot more straightforward to put together a portfolio career. I think a few years ago when I was starting out, I didn't know it was called a portfolio career. There's no current pathway where you could just go on and get access to those roles. So, I think at the time, I just sent a lot of emails I researched a lot I tried a lot of things and some things worked and some things didn't and I think now as time's gone on I've probably got more confident at trying different things and thinking it's okay let's see what happens with it I think before I was probably really nervous about trying anything new because I thought oh my god what if it doesn't work out oh you know oh I've got this CCG role what if I don't know what to do I don't know if I should do it and I did it anyway but I think biggest thing I've probably learned in this whole thing is just really explore what your true interests are and follow those because sometimes when people talk about a portfolio role sometimes it's probably more to escape the day to day and but then you're still not going to be happy but if you find something that you're really passionate about or really interested in and then that ends up becoming your working day then that's a you know that's an amazing place to be
0: that's a really interesting point you make about passions and I know that a lot of people say oh you know follow your passions there was a quite an interesting Harvard Business Review article recently about don't follow your passions follow your interests and then do what you're good at and then you might find that a passion develops and that certainly seems to be what's happened with you in that you followed your interest and now you're really passionate about what you do because you've Mm. developed that was that not necessarily there right at the beginning but it's come the further you've gone on with the website and with your teaching and stuff?
1: God, that's really interesting. I've never really thought of it like that. I think I had a real interest in creating a very varied career, but I didn't know. If you'd asked me back then and said, oh, Serena, what do you want to do? My answer would have been, I don't know, but I know I want to do like different stuff and I know I want varied things. But, you know, I wouldn't have been able to say to you, I want to spend X amount of my week doing this. I'm really interested in this. You know, I've never run a business before. So had you said to me, like, what about running a business? I just wouldn't have had a clue. So what I ended up doing was following my interests and my passion. And that ended up becoming a business. But it didn't start like that. It it did start with a passion. More GPs had a really simple way of taking care of all this pension, invoicing, stress headache if they had a way of empowering them to build their local bank of work be it practices or portfolio work whatever it is and empower them to save money like maybe a lot of them would be a lot happier you know that was my hypothesis and that's then ended up becoming what people say is a business but for me my local managers just a lot more than that it is a real passion project
0: but you wouldn't have being able to say when you were first thinking, what can I do? Oh, boom, that's the finished product. That's where I want to go. Exactly. That's-
1: yeah, no. It's, I think everything in life, whatever you're doing, really is an evolution and you've got to change and you've got to develop new skills to be able to deliver the next step or move into the next phase of it. So, yeah, definitely, like everything has unfolded. It's not just completely unwrapped as a finished product. It's all unfolded over time
0: that 's really interesting, because I think sometimes when we think about wanting to develop our career a bit, have a complete change or just do something for a day or two slightly different from just seeing patients or even just something within the surgery, we often say well where 's the opportunity i haven 't seen anything advertised. Actually we need to craft it and shape that ourselves mm. and almost create the career that we want or Take the different opportunities. Like you said, try stuff out. Don't be afraid to fail or even just think, actually, I tried that. Didn't enjoy it that much. Let's try something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? I think with anyone that I've met that's doing portfolio things or doing lots of different things alongside their day-to-day They've done it by really going for it, really asking people, investigating, trying a few things that have led on to other things and everything's unfolded over time. Unfortunately, yeah, there isn't a way to create a fully crafted portfolio career and I don't think you'd enjoy it if it was just given to you on a plate. I think if it unfolds as your interest and experience unfolds, it's probably a much more sustainable way and enjoyable way of doing it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely my experience that actually the journey has been the fun thing yeah Um, definitely and then you suddenly think gosh how did I end up here and then you sort of look back and think wow there was all that stuff that went on and gosh I did that and then I did that
1: (laughs) yeah it's so true it's so true and I think like a lot of the time looking back over the last few years I wouldn't have ever seen that coming or anticipated those things but I think they were really nice because they were such lovely surprises
0: in the end. Great. So can I just finish by asking you, a lot of people qualifying today uh, fully don't intend to work, you know, 10 sessions a week in Mm -hmm. clinical practice. A lot of people are intending to have a portfolio career. What advice Mm -hmm. would you give them?
1: My advice would be to stay flexible. So just explore different roles. You know, lots of people that finish training think that They've got to commit to something lifelong. And I think when you're so new into your world as an independent GP, how are you really going to know what's going to fit? So actually, it's quite nice to stay flexible and fluid and really explore your interests, like explore really what you want to do and just then unpick how you're going to go about achieving that. And I think utilize like resources and support along the way. So, uh, you know, I took part in the London Deanery mentoring scheme. I then, like with my local manager, got onto the NHS England clinical entrepreneur scheme. And now more recently, I've got a place on Set Squared, which is a business accelerator. So I've really just found out about what opportunities that there are and how mentorship and support can help get me there. So you don't have to do it alone. And there's lots of resources out there to help you. But just stay flexible and at the center of everything, just keep what you genuinely enjoy at the center of it. So whatever that might be, and then just use that as a building block to slowly like unravel a career that you feel really proud of and you feel happy being part of.
0: Brilliant well thank you so much Serena for coming on the podcast I think we'd love to get you back again to talk through maybe some more of the financial stresses that we feel or some stuff about how automation and technology can actually make our lives easy in the surgery if people want to
1: contact you or want more information about my local manager how can they find you? If you want to check it out and you want to try my local manager maybe you're thinking of starting as a locum gp or you're a salary gp and you want to do some locum work or a partner you can just go to www.mylocummanager.com and for those of you that are finishing training and you just want a bit of support and resources you can always contact us our contact number is on the website and we've got a really good locum survival guide which is free and you can download it from our resource section on our website which has proved very popular. So by all means, you can email or call. And I'd be more than happy to help you guys get started. Great. So
0: I encourage you to go try out my local managers full of absolutely brilliant resources. If you want to hear more from the podcast, do go to you are on a frog.co.uk or contact me through my website, which is rachel at wildmonday.co.uk. I'm also going to be running a brand new online course all around diversifying your career, which comes with some coaching as well so if you're interested in that you'd like to hear more about that then do drop me an email which is rachel at worldmonday.co.uk, and i'd love to talk to you and serena and i we're also running a few courses aren't we around how to develop your portfolio career so if you're interested in something around that for Mm -hmm. you or your colleagues then maybe get in touch with myself or serena and we can have a chat about that
1: yeah. So I'm really excited about that. I think that's for the first fives, isn't it? That we've been asked to set that up. So if you're a first five lead or you're interested in setting that up, then yeah, get in touch because that's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks, Serena. You're have a good welcome. rest of day. And Thank everyone, you. hope to see you again on the podcast soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please do subscribe to the podcast and also please rate it on itunes so that other people can find it too do follow me on twitter at dr rachel morris and you can find out more about the face-to-face and online courses which i run on the you are not a frog.co.uk website bye for now